calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast, podcast 130, and it is the return of me, Alex, <clears> after, <throat> what, a couple of weeks? I haven't been around? A million years. The return of that. the Mac. That's how long it's felt. How has the podcast been in my absence? Amazing. We got feedback that last week, said last week's was the worst podcast ever. Thank <laughs> God <laughs> I'm back then. <laughs> I thought it was good. Oh, it was just too informative, I think that was the Yeah, problem. not enough... God damn it. Don't yeah. do that again. No. Sorry. Uh, Not those, the beards, I think. Those that two was the voices, problem. Uh, Tom Butler. Hello. And Daniel Creeper. Hello. On the headset is Stuart Reed. Hello. And Chris Tilly, you're back as well. I'm back. Where have you been? I've been in Texas. Again? South like by you're always Southwest. there. I'm there every six months. Yeah. I go once every six months. March and September. Like so a salmon. ride steers. <laughs> like, like a salmon. Migrating every six months to breed. And eat ribs. <laughs> eat ribs. Eat ribs, pulled pork, barbecue chicken and steak. Did you pull any pork? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> Too soon. I got well fed. Um, no, I saw I lots of that films. Either. Best podcast yeah. ever this week. Yeah. <laughs> I saw lots of films. Good. Uh, we, were, we screened and reviewed Cabin in the Woods, which isn't out for a month, but is brilliant. Did uh, anyone see it? Yeah, yeah, we saw it. Tom and I saw it last Friday, was it? Yeah. Brilliant. Just so entertaining. Jonathan Ross has seen it. So good. Does he like it? He likes it. It's nice to be able to talk about it, but of course you don't actually want to say anything about it. The less you know, the the better. Yeah. So yeah, go see it, but don't read about it. Doesn't the trailer give away a kind of... No, it gives away what happens in the first five minutes. That's... okay. Yeah, that's... What's in the trailer is, you know... And it's really funny as well. Yeah. Mm, Genuinely funny. Genuinely funny. So that was a good one. And I also um, saw some footage of a film that's coming out in the summer called Ted, which I think our listeners will like. It's Seth MacFarlane's first movie, and it stars Mark Wahlberg. And it starts off with the tale of a kid who makes a wish that his teddy bear could speak. Yeah. And the wish comes true. Yeah. And then it cuts to the present day, and he's grown up, and he's Mark Wahlberg, that the, the kid is. Yeah. And the teddy bear is like a hard-smoking, hard-drinking, hard-shagging 
you know, best mate of his. Can you can you have a hard shag in? <laughs> yeah, the bear really? shags in the movie. Human, right. He was like the bear out of uh, both. The selector. bear shags human beings. Yeah, <laughs> what? So. It's just bestiality. I, what do you well, mean you they think so? They, well, they, <laughs> they didn't show a scene of him having sex with a human being, but they show one of him working at a supermarket checkout and making lewd comments and kind of does, hand gestures to a, a, whoa, a, a human does, female. Does the bear shag right. in the woods? But I guess it's kind of like um, in Family Guy. What with kind the dog, of gestures the dog... does it make? Sex gestures. Well, like what? <laughs> what? Just because bears don't really have fingers, Chris, do they? Stand up and demonstrate a sex gesture. Why is oh. a sex gesture? Well, kind of like... Oh, oh, okay. Thrusting. Okay, like I'm, I'm doing a thrusting manoeuvre. Right Utilising the hands for additional it's momentum. No, it's no different to Family Guy <laughs> where there's kind of jokes about interspecies. Yeah. Right. Population, yeah. yeah, but an entire movie about it with Mark Wahlberg. It looks very funny. It sounds good. Okay, it's very funny. Yeah, what I saw. So yeah, that was good. And I saw Bruce Springsteen, which of course, yeah. living the Tilly so, Dream. Yeah, yeah. a festival about cutting edge music. And you saw Springsteen anywhere else? Lionel Richie, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Rogers, <laughs> it's edgy, isn't it? Uh, Jimmy Cliff, Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Get, um, Lionel Richie upset Kenny Rogers actually. They did a duet and then Kenny Rogers was leaving the stage and Lionel Richie started singing The Gambler and everyone started joining in and Rogers turned around and walked back on and Lionel Richie was like, nah, so we'll do one of my songs. What cocktails? He looked absolutely yeah. crestfallen. Poor old Kenny. If wow. you don't know who these people are, listeners, just ask your parents or your grandparents. Or, or Google them. Yeah, they're, yeah. On, they're on the internet. Or, or <laughs> email Rogers, he, shouldn't have, he shouldn't have walked back on stage. You've got to know when to hold him. Oh, no. <laughs> you got to know when to stop having the plastic surgery, Does he Kenny. own chicken chops? Who? Yeah. Kenny Rogers. Yeah, but they're what? called Kenny Rogers Chicken. Yeah. Kenny yeah. That's Rogers That's not savoury image. Does he really? <laughs> Kenny Rogers Chicken. What <laughs> 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 makes it taste so good? Mm. It's a special white sauce. It's a secret sauce. Oh, oh, that's right, foul. Well, it's been up to. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Oh, brilliant. Oh. What a cock. Hey. That's poultry. Cluck <laughs> <laughs> off. Any more? What? Any more. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, last week was the BAFTAs and IGM was representing backstage. We were all over that. We yeah. were. Backstage, front stage, side of the stage. We was all over Every that part shit. of the stage. You were, in front we of were, you were near the stage? I was sat on Dar O'Brien's back as he... Uh, <laughs> were you? Like yeah. Banjo- were you like his puppet? <laughs> puppeteer? Yeah. Were you like Quarto underneath his... No, he became as Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> Alex was just helping him fly onto the stage. Well, I was thinking more Luke Skywalker and Yoda, but okay, that does it. Yeah, that's okay. fine. Yeah. Uh, so sure there were some big winners. Portal walked away with the biggie, but also what three awards? I think three awards. Yeah, design, yeah. design yeah. story, and best game. Surprising. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, a lot of accolades. Portal, I guess. I just thought. Did any of you predict that in advance? Did we? Yes, I think I did. I, I know me, Bex, and Brett well, yeah, did was... uh, predictions backstage yeah. uh, in the press room before we went out, before it started, and I think I got Paul. I, I predicted Paul would win. It was IGN's game of the year. Uh, so. IGN's game of the year. I yeah. thought Batman might get it just because it's a British developed game. Yeah. I just thought they might have leaned. I think the so. main omission of the night was Skyrim, which got nothing. Got nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Call of Duty, uh, nothing. And I, I, I really expected Call of Duty to win the um, People's Choice. The, yeah, the People's yeah, Choice. Yeah, that award. was Killzone Three, wasn't it? Battle, uh, Battle Battlefield Three. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all the same. Point, point edit, yeah. point in. Edit no, we've got no time to edit. Um, yeah, but I think AA really mobilised their community. They knew that uh, Call of Duty they really always did. won it, and well uh, done, yeah, they did. Yeah, well done. They did really well. Yeah. Uh, but also, we had a very interesting chat with one of the presenters of the awards, Jonathan Ross, who has agreed to appear on the IGN UK podcast on one provision. Uh, well, I'd want, ideally, I'd want at least one young Turkish boy to be my slave for a year. I choose Turkey at random. There's no particular reason. Any, any, any kind of like middle European state near a port would do. 
okay you know a Baltic person anyone that who will actually carry me around for a year if you can provide that then I'm on IGN all the time so does anyone know of any small Turkish boys <laughs> Chris you probably do don't you <laughs> I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of the Turkish well, you international look, you football look quite team. swarthy mm. yourself I mean you could probably if we dressed him up <laughs> and gave him a back sack and crack <laughs> yeah he'd, 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 yeah, <laughs> I'm I think he's strong enough to carry Jonathan Ross is a big man I'm not don't have the strength to Wait. carry him uh. so what? If if we can get a, a small Turkish boy, he will come on the podcast. Uh, well, the Turkish boy has to carry him around for a year. Yeah, for a, for an entire year. <laughs> Do okay. we have any listeners in Turkey? Check out the map. We or could, any uh, Baltic state? He said. Any Baltic oh, state? Anything with a port? Yeah. He wasn't with... that fussy. He wasn't that fussy, no. actually. But he's agreed. Is, he, is he big in the Baltics? <laughs> <laughs> From what I've heard, yes. Uh, but he's agreed to come on in principle, so that's yeah. yay for us. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know how. Like maybe. He really does expect us to find him as Turkish. But look, anyone who's listened to the podcast who's either Turkish or maybe comes from the Baltics and fancies carrying around Jonathan Ross for a year, I think they need to be a boy, so probably under 18. Yeah. Drop us a line and uh, we'll what? put you in touch. Is this with legal? Up. Is this legal? Mm. Oh, we, this probably this isn't. is child slavery, isn't it? It's a mind. That, that's, 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 that's Rossi's Must be a boy. Must be a boy. Must be a boy. Must be below 18. Can't we, can't we lower <laughs> our sights and just give him a Turkish delight? Or, a... <laughs> <laughs> or get on the phone to Bernard Matthews. Why? Well, He's dead. So, <laughs> don't, don't even attempt to make that joke. He's dead. It... Yeah, he is yeah, dead. Don't, he don't call him then. <laughs> he won't answer. Well, we, can probably, we can probably get probably Kenny Rogers' chicken. That's close. That's right. <laughs> if he comes on the podcast, not one of us is getting a word in. No. Hey. No, as we found out from when I did that Q&A with him. <laughs> I'm also not sure whether our listeners... two questions. I'm not sure if our listeners actually want him on either because he's, he's a bit of a Marmite person, I think. He is, but he was very funny on the And night. he's very knowledgeable about video games. He, he genuinely loves is. Them. And he's very nice in person. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really nice. lovely. Good fun. Um, so. so put aside your preconceptions and listen to Rossi if he, if he ever makes it onto the UK podcast. Which he will. Let's but, do this. Let's do this. We should nail do this. this motherfucker. Jonathan, if you're listening, give me a qual. Yeah, and if you're listening, we all love you. I'm not sure about Tom, but the rest of us love you. Yeah. Tom's not keen on yeah. anyone. Tom, Tom is fairly ambivalent towards the human race. Anyway, <laughs> you are. I've got, I've got nothing to say for that. <laughs> Going from it's you, I hate happy news. <laughs> the listener, no, I mean Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> I, we picked the right man for our community manager. <laughs> I hate you all. Unconditionally. Uh, going from happy news to sad news, and Game, the high street retailer that some people like and some people don't, uh, has gone into administration. <laughs> you could say it's game over for Game. I haven't seen that headline written this week, no. actually. No. <laughs> we should do that. We yeah. should do that. No. Let's write it down, Daniel. Okay. So earlier this week, uh, originally they, their shares were suspended, uh, and then yeah, they've basically filed for administration, which basically means... They've got, I think it's around eight weeks for any potential suitors to come on board and snap them up. Or for, I think, whoever their administrator is, I don't know, to flog all their assets off and make some money and turn the business around. So I think it's sad. What about you? Yeah, of course it's sad. There's a lot of people out there who work for game. Uh, it's, a, it's a big retailer on the high street. It's sad not just for game people, but also just for high, the high street in general. We've lost a lot of people recently. I just think we need a specialist gaming uh, retailer on the high street because I think obviously we know a lot of the kind of games that we would like and all that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of people who don't and going into a shop and either getting advice or having the chance to play it early, all that kind of stuff is important. 
Um, Let's also, not forget this affects Game Station as well. So if you're yeah, sat yeah, there Game thinking, Station, yeah. uh, the, I've got a Game Station. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. It's the yeah. Same company. Same company. But at the same time, you know, I live in a not pretty particularly big kind of town and there are two games on one game station it's like it just doesn't make any sense it's overkill yeah, yeah. so yeah, Ross in saying that they had a similar experience and the, their local Debenhams also had a game concession within it really Southampton that's right crazy it was three games one game station and the Debenhams one <laughs> wow. I've never seen a concession yeah. within a Debenhams yeah. That's... but yeah it's very sad and because every where would you go next after if game does close I think I think well, so like HMV, HMV but, it, but then it's ghettoized within larger shops yeah, and it's not. yeah, yeah, yeah. but also uh, HMV has already said that it's only going to focus on the big AAA titles yeah. it's, well, it's driving people online well, isn't, isn't that what, what, get, what one of games problems were that they kind of did only focus on the big AAA titles I know they kind of stopped the other stuff but there was yeah. the, the, a lot of the, the, the emails but that's more stuff that they just tweets. accumulated yeah yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah it wasn't they were actively sourcing interesting games to have in the shops it's kind of just debris they didn't, get, didn't they didn't flog or stuff mm. that had been traded in sure but I, we've had lots of very nice messages and some slightly melancholic messages and from the people who you know yeah because the shops are still open so you can yeah. still go down there yeah. and and, Hug and them. do your shopping i mean i know that what they, what it needs is it could be it could be the best thing that ever happens to them it, it could be a case that if a new re- investor comes in someone that's more focused on games yeah uh, is able to look at the business and see what 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 went wrong, yep. what they could do better, and that will include pricing, that will include stock, uh, that will include Shop the customer design, service, all like the that, things yeah. that people are complaining about. Um, I still don't know how a specialist retailer will be able to compete with the likes of supermarkets on price, though. That's the problem. Yeah. But, you know, they sell well, all that's that that's stuff the same problem that for a loss leader. Like Waterstones. Right, yes. And, 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 everything. And, and, and if you're talking about music, it affects everybody apart yeah. from... The rough Trade have got the right idea. I think where you you really you know you sell you sell the kind of normal stuff, but you specialise in the stuff that nobody else really touches. Mm. Yeah. Um, and people go there for your knowledge, and they go there because it, it looks cool. It's they got go listening posts. You can go and yeah, listen to the yeah, music. Yeah, they've got you know they they do events there. This is what game needs to do. They need to open it. They, they need to make it a destination. I, I guess my only question about that though would be: Is that works? Like, how many rough trades are there? Not. Not many. many. Not many, no. So, you know, game's business model is scalable, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like for example, where I lived, I can't imagine a rough trade existing. Right. I can in London, mm-hmm. but not where I live, in, in, in their sticks. And then it, there needs to be some kind of, um, as I say, kind of broader high street retailer that does offer some specialist stuff as well, I think. It's going to be tricky, though, isn't it? it? Is. Because, I mean, if, if HMV goes under as well, which... Let's face it; it's not impossible that that nope. could happen. No. Nope. What yeah, they, happens? What would happen then? I mean, you know, you'd have no game. You'd have no HMV. Is it? Are we just getting to the stage where the high street, as as we all knew it when we were growing up, just ceased to exist because everybody's just going to do it all online? I think, yeah, that's going to happen. So, you know, if game closes, it doesn't affect. You know, I go into game occasionally now, just have a bit of a browse, but I rarely buy anything from there. Mm. Everything I get is through Amazon. Mm, exactly. Yeah. That's because you're a Prime member. Yeah. Next day. Anyway, I've, uh, we've had uh, quite a few emails from listeners about this stuff. Uh, Tony C says, just wanted to give a shout out to the employees at Game of Cabot Circus Bristol for helping me with my Vita. All the best to them for the future and whatever it holds. So thank you, Tony C. Uh, another email uh, from Fat Pete, who says, I work at Game Station. Oh, knew it was going to happen sooner or later with all the shit we had uh, with EA. Uh, it was just a matter of time. Game Station website doesn't help. Basically, he's you know listing a lot of the kind of stuff where um, 
if you bought it uh, on the website, it would, well, a game on the website cost you twenty pounds. You bought it in store, it cost you thirty-five pounds, mm. which just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Same brand. Uh, email who says I'm currently a game employee have been about for a year and a half now he loves the job Uh, he gets to play video games pretty much all the time and uh, oh sorry he plays video games pretty much all the time ever since he was four Uh, got the interview and melted with happiness so he thinks the problem is that they bought far too much stock of key releases such as you know all the big uh, uh, Call of Duties of this world so they literally had hundreds and hundreds of copies of them which they couldn't flog Mm -hmm. yeah and that they didn't react fast enough to a lot of the kind of the, the changes in the industry, which you know I agree with. And they overreached like, as well. I mean, they have too many stores. I mean, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I guess the thing is, they have to. You know, when you're that, that size, you have to buy in a lot of stock to get the, the to get the price breaks, don't you? Yeah. But then I guess if you if you're buying in that much stock and you're getting a good price on it, sell it a bit cheaper. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's that's what ha- what's happened with, for instance, Rage, which is a massively high title last year. It was Bethesda game got IGN's E3 game of the year um year before the year before at E3 and just nobody bought it and there's so many copies lingering around in shops and yeah. Amazon very quickly slashed the price you could get rage very quickly for 20 quid yeah and game have only recently reduced the price to about 25 pounds yeah 20 pounds yeah uh, another email from Lizzie Trayer, who uh, has worked in GameStation for four years. She found the fact that games troubles were played out of the internet the most upsetting part of the uh, past few weeks uh, because the speculation and uncertainty made it very difficult to stay positive. It's true. I, like, I went into GameStore on the morning. It was before they announced administration, uh, but after they suspended chairs. And of course, everyone looked completely miserable, as you would. So uh, she says, it's shocking and hurtful to witness some of the online comments of those who are obviously enjoying watching our demise. Their ability to display any form of concern or sympathy has simply left an incredibly bitter taste in my mouth. There has been a lot of gloating on on Twitter and people like going, oh, you got what you deserved. Yeah. But that, people are losing their jobs. Yeah, exactly. And you, you know what? It's a separate issue. Maybe some of the kind of people at the upper echelons of that company will get what they deserve, but you can't say that for the people working store. It's just not fair. So, anyway, thanks very much for your emails, and uh, well, we hope it all works out for you. Yeah, just one one more thing as well. I know a lot of people who have worked at game in the past, and a lot of people who've gone on to do very big things in the game mm. industry. And I know even someone like Ollie Moss used to work in game, yeah. and he's yeah. really into games. Mm. But if there's if there's th- with that opportunity for people who are interested in game to work within games and then inspire them to do more with, with it, if they lose that high street retailer, yeah. then they may never get that first step. They may never yeah. find that interest in games, to, that, that thought that they could possibly work within games yeah. that a high street retailer offers. I know several journalists just, who started off just in game. Yeah, and it yeah. just could be detrimental uh, across the board. Like, it'd just be I know less several people. journalists who've ended up in game. That's weird. <laughs> That's true. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that's it for the game news for the time being. Let's move on to more happy yeah, do, and... Do uh, keep um, talking to us about game, though. Yes, If you're an course, employee course, or if you've yeah. got a good uh, a good uh, story about it, just let us know. IGN, and go in, and, at go in and hug your local game Save staff game. and station, game station staff. Yeah, only yep. if they want to be hugged. If they, you know, <laughs> Don't if force a hug true. upon no, them. No, Don't rape that's them. That's not cold fire. They're having a tough no. time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the news. News is news. Um, we had a little interview with Dan Hauser, one Dan Hauser of Rockstar Games on IGN this week, in which he revealed a little bit of information about GTA V. Um, I don't know how interesting. It's quite interesting because it's GTA, I guess. But um, if you play Max Payne 3, which is Rockstar's next game, 
in the multiplayer you can form a crew of your mates or of people you meet online and you it tracks your progress of your team like a posse in red yeah, dead yeah and what you'll be able to do is transfer that crew so that all the stats that you've accumulated from playing max pay three max pay three directly into gta 5 when that comes out into that game's multiplayer does that mean that we're going to see a more Max Payne 3 type engine for GTA 5? I think it's all part of Rockstar's drive. that They're going big on multiplayer and making it a bigger and more integrated part of their game. So instead of having it tacked on, they basically I think Rockstar have seen the niche or a gap in the market for someone to make multiplayer a kind of compelling experience for people who only like single player traditionally. And Dan Hauser in that interview we did with him said that, you know, people like, you know, Call of Duty, didn't name check Call of Duty, but single first person shooters mm. have no story in multiplayer. It's just running around maps and you can't even see your character. And he makes the point that seeing your character in a third person perspective creates a relationship and it gives the space for a story to be crafted in a way that looking down the barrel of a gun just doesn't mm. do. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's what they're trying to do with this notion of crews anyway. Also, the other stuff is because part of Max Payne is that you have vendettas and feuds yeah, against other players. It's about gang crews. wars and stuff like that. Which, so even if you're not playing as part of your crew, like if you're in there, like you have a little emblem of your crew. So if you've got a vendetta against another crew and you see someone in that game who's wearing that opposing crew uh, uh, emblem, you can kill them and get the vendetta points and bonus XP yeah. for it. So you know, it's it, the idea is that it's completely integrated throughout the whole multiplayer experience. Yeah. I think what not they're doing just a separate game. I mode. think what they're doing is quite smart because you get you you acquire and you build natural vendettas in a game anyway of multiplayer that you keep shooting me, I got you back that time. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is just kind of augment that kind of natural experience that emerges yeah. anyway. Yeah and flesh it out and give it a little bit of story, which seems quite smart. I don't yeah. know if it'll work in the end. But yeah. uh, Movie news? Heroes and a half shell. Teenage Mutant Ninja Aliens. Teenage Mutant Ninja Aliens. <laughs> That's it. I don't need to say any more. There you go. Just done the news. Um, so, yeah, this broke while I was on my way back from the States, but apparently Michael Bay's going to make a Ninja Turtles movie. Mm. He's oh. producing it. He, his company is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what is it? CGI? It's going to be? Live action. Live action with CGI turtles, I, I guess. guess so, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, but the big thing that got everyone's knickers in a twist was that he's reconceiving the heroes <laughs> in a half shell as aliens. Huh? Wow. <laughs> what? How so, do we feel about these people? So, no ooze. No ooze. Get out of town. That's mental. Why? They're not mutants. Just, well, they are mutants. That's into- well, it should be teenage alien ninja turtles. Yeah, because mutants, they mutate. Yeah. So... That's weird. Wait, so they're still turtles, but they're alien turtles. Well, they uh, went, everyone went nuts on the internet. Uh, Tom, Bay... what was the brilliant comments on wrote on Facebook? <laughs> Michael Bay puts the dick into Michael Bay's a massive dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bay put out a press release saying, um, "Fans need to take a breath and chill." Patronising, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's going to get people on side, isn't it? Uh, they have not read the script. Our team is working closely with one of the original creators of Ninja Turtles to help expand and give a more complex backstory. Relax. We are including everything that made you f- become fans in the first place. We are just building a richer world. Mm. Maybe it's Alien Ooze. It's pretty rich as it was it was about turtles that got transformed into fucking ninjas <laughs> like what more do you need by a rat, <laughs> by a rat and they're fighting a brain inside a robot it doesn't need any more 
Well, a few people have chimed in on this. Um, Robert Rist, Robbie Rist, who uh, voiced Michelangelo in the original cartoon. He said, Cowabunga. He said, it's totally awesome. <laughs> no, he used Rad. Word, he, surprisingly, he used the word sodomy. Hey. Um, <laughs> I don't he posted a letter to Michael Bay saying the filmmakers were sodomizing the beloved franchise. Wow. And he says, I know believing in mutated talking turtles is kind of silly to begin with. But am I supposed to be led to believe there are ninjas from another planet? The rape of our childhood memories continues. <laughs> wow. So Robbie's not happy. He minces his words, doesn't he? <laughs> and then Peter Laird, who has nothing to do with the turtles anymore, but he's one of the co-creators. Yeah, he was, yeah. Um, he, he says, I would actually encourage uh, turtle fans to swallow the chill pill Mr. Bay recently suggested they take and wait and see what might come of this seemingly ill-conceived plan. It's possible that with enough truly creative brain power applied to this idea, it might actually work. I'm not saying it's probable or even somewhat likely, but it is possible. Right, so he has no inside scoop on it whatsoever, but he's just like saying, it might be all right. Probably saying chill out because he'll probably get a lot of money, money the from back it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make sure it goes through and happens. But he says if, if they're from another planet, we could have whole waves of turtles showing up, not just the four of them. No. The <laughs> thing is, though, Michael Bay, as much as people deride him, his movies make a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like every time. I've got no problem with this, and I'm a, I'm, really? I'm a big tail fan from back in the day. Well, let's wait and see how they do it for a start. I, I'm more concerned the fact that he's just involved with the project. It automatically, th- I automatically think it's going to be not very good. I suppose I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really like Transformers. I didn't mind Transformers One. I just it what got was a bit the last silly. good movie you made? Are we just going to have April bending over and interviewing people on camera? Here's hoping. Uh, the Rock. The Island. The Rock. Mm. Yeah, the island yeah. Really good. Was it not? No. The Rock's that's, pretty good. The yeah. Rock's a great film. Yeah. God, that's, that's a long time ago. Well, I don't think he's made a good film since then. Or before. <laughs> yeah. I don't say that. I know we've got a lot of Transformers fans and listeners. <sighs> right, and then tell us how wrong we are about Michael Bay. Yeah. Don't. No. Tom. Uh, yes, um, uh, another big news announcement. BBC held a press conference um, earlier this week. They held a press conference to announce a load of stuff about the Doctor Who's next season and one of the big the, well the big thing they were announcing was the new Doctor Who companion. Because Amy and um what's her face, stupid husband Rory Rory are leaving the show. Uh, so his new companion is going to be played by Jenna Louise Coleman, mm. who um, is currently in the ITV series Titanic. She's also been in Emmerdale before. She also had a very small role in Captain America, the first Avenger, um, which I don't She played the shield. Seeing. Did she? <laughs> she played Connie. I don't know what that means because I've not seen the film. No, I don't, it doesn't mean anything to me either. And I've seen it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it, basically. She's the new companion. She got voted, nominated Sexiest Female at the British Soap Awards twice. Really? Yeah. Didn't but win. she's not as hot as uh, Karen Gillan. No, well, come on. I mean, who is? Like, She's got a nice face, though. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's got a nice face. Are we just racing? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how Good looking she is. No. Yeah. I want an ace type character, you know? I, I can't remember what, what I read. Really? Yeah. Well, Moffat, Moffat has said that she's really fast talking. She talks even quicker than Matt Smith. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of verbal duels. Oh, Vicky Pollard. <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember what the quote. <laughs> That'd be amazing. God, she's a chav. Yeah. Chav companion. Yeah. Chav Panion. Chav Panion. Chav Panion. <laughs> chav Panion. Um, <laughs> 
I can't remember what Moffat said, but he said something the way that she's going to be introduced to the series in is like a highly original way. He's going to uh, lead him his merriest dance yet. And I've heard there's some speculation that she might be an alien. Oh, she might be the first companion not from Earth. No, because he he had um, sure? a Time Lord companion before. Who was that? Or or maybe um, just an alien. Then should be green. Uh, there was two of her. She regenerated in Tom Baker's era. Leela, 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 yeah, yeah. Was she? I didn't know she was a Time Lord. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I might be wrong, but anyway, it was around then. Covering yourself, Tom. I'll just Google uh, it while we carry on talking. But also, he revealed about um, Amy and Rory's uh, departure as well. Mm-hmm. I won't give away too much because people moan that we retweeted a spoiler, but basically, uh, the episode is going to be the an, another encounter with the Weeping Angels, and that's when oh, they cool. leave. Yeah, they're oh, milking well. that, though. I know, I like that, I know Angels, Yeah, but I know it's a success for them, but... Yeah, it's kind of every season now, isn't it? Yeah. I um I spoke to Stephen Moffat when I was in Texas actually. We had a good chat about Sherlock mm. and um He can't wait for the new series, the American adaptation. <laughs> looking forward <laughs> yeah. to it, isn't he? I brought up the uh the Johnny Lee Miller yeah. Lucy Lou Sherlock. He to... went absolutely off on one. <laughs> um we're not can't put it up on the site yet, but yeah, he's really super pissed off about it. Right. Even saying that he would consider suing them. <laughs> Which I was I was oh. asked his wife after he was the producer how could he consider them? Yeah. And she said that she thought that maybe they might start using elements of what Moffat and Stephen Gatiss have come up with rather than Arthur Conan Doyle. Right. They'll just get confused right. or not yes. have yeah, done yeah. their homework enough. Right. Okay. Then they'll just sue their ass. Which they'll go after them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Brilliant. he was very unhappy because I think they started off having talks with Moffat about him doing it. Right. Or becoming involved. And then when he said he wasn't sure, like they went straight away and just turned around and did it with someone else. Dickheads. And, uh, interesting. Did he have anything interesting to say about UK Sherlock? Um... He said a lot without really saying anything. Right. Uh, they've already got in mind what stories they're going to adapt in the next series. They don't know when they're going to shoot it. Was that after he read the IGN feature on what they should do, uh, which books they should handle? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it was. Probably. Yeah. Good. Um, Did you ask him about the ending of season two? Yes. I asked him about three different ways, and he got increasingly annoyed. <laughs> wow, he sounds like an angry man. <laughs> yeah. I asked. He got particularly annoyed when I asked him twice, and he said nothing. I said, all right, well, how did he survive then? Just tell me. And then he got really annoyed about that. Mm. But um, I was asking about if he enjoyed all the speculation online, if people, anyone had it right. It was like, he said, I'm, not, I'm not answering. I'm listening to Lionel Richie. <laughs> 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 oh, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Romana. Okay. Uh, uh, she was go. a fourth Doctor um, companion. She was played by two separate actresses and she was a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey. Was it like a wow. pantomime horse? Boom. <laughs> Just two women in this. <laughs> <laughs> like two dwarves, someone on top of the other's shoulders. <laughs> There you go. Brilliant. Uh, final piece of news from you, Stu. Yeah, Tom Hardy is going to be James Bond in a film directed by Christopher Nolan. Well, actually, he's not, but in, in Tom Hardy's ideal world, that would happen. Because uh, he said, basically, he's been, uh, he's been on uh, British radio, Magic 105.4. Magic! Magic! Uh, and he said, I'd love to play Bond with Chris Nolan as a director, or something. Yeah, she said, or something. Wow. It would be awesome. Um, and it's not a bad idea if you think about it, actually. It would be awesome. It yeah. really would be quite incredible, oh, wouldn't it? He'd make an bond. incredible Bond. And could you imagine a Bond movie directed by Christopher Nolan? Mm. Well, the inception was his Bond yeah, movie, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Is yeah. it that beyond the realm of possibility? Mm. Would you have said Sam Mendes would have directed a Bond film 10 years ago? No, that's a good it, point. It's the cost, though, now involved, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. how much would Christopher Nolan want to direct a, a I suppose it, like, film? if this is the most successful accolade Bond movie Skyfall does that then entice higher profile directors do you think mm. I suppose it just comes down to if Christopher Nolan wants to do it yeah. he'll get it yeah. 
I yeah, mean, no one would say no, no would they? I don't and, think even, and he would raise the budget. I don't think even Eon would say no to him. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? What's, What's funny? funny? Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Just thought of that. Why? Didn't know what he was talking about, did you? I didn't know. Who's Eon? That's the company that made the Bond film. Okay, okay. Sorry. I thought you meant our boss. Yeah. Cubby Broccoli. Cubby Chambers. But yeah, I think I think we all we all could enjoy that. Definitely. I mean, when you read that out, um, Tom Hardy wants to play Bond with Christopher Nolan. I just imagine him going around to his house yeah. and like <laughs> just <laughs> running around da, behind da, doors. Da, 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 da. Hardy, Chris, Chris, do the theme tune. Ooh. He breaks through the door. We're just getting the N64 out. Yeah. Who, who would you rather, Hardy or Fastbender? Fastbender's Hardy. more Hardy. Bond. Hardy. Hardy would be brutal. Like I think mm. I can see Hardy after Daniel Craig, like just being a, like after just watching Warrior, just. Sort of the hand-to-hand combat, battering the fuck out. Of someone. Yeah, that's what I'm, yeah, that's, that was that's looking for. Is that actually battering the fuck out of someone? <laughs> In I, this scene, I'd like you to batter the fuck out of him. <laughs> but I, well, I always refer back to the James Bond books, and they've they've led him up a different path to how he is yeah. in the books. He's not that meathead who just smacks the shit out of people. He's a ca- he's a cool and calculating guy. He, like fastbender, fastbender, exactly. Yeah. That would be that would be good. Fastbender and Nolan. But I was talking about the dream combinations and I said uh, if Tarantino had been given at the time and they hadn't moved over to Brosnan, Tarantino and Dalton, how good would that be? And Dalton's I see a little fancy. Like, you're just I smiling just I thinking love about it. it. You but love Dal- Timothy Dalton. Dalton was always a bit humourless, I thought. But that's that's Bond. Like He's a bit of a... But Tarantino, I think, would have made a much more amusing Bond. Wait, but, you could, but, but then if you think how it could have been like more um, Reservoir Dogs sort of mm. cool and... Great soundtrack. Yeah, oh, the bomb mm. that never was cut yeah. people's ears off. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's it. No, no uh, in this one. That's it for the news. Uh, let's move on to trader of the week. Oh, and do you mind it, if I step out for a minute? Uh, why? Because you know I don't want to see this. So, you don't want to see anything to do with Prometheus. No, apart from that TED talk. Right. I'm going out. You can't make me. Right. Okay. So. Chris's. While Chris takes off his headset and goes to the little boys' room, we are going to look at the new trailer from, uh, for Prometheus and let's see what it's all about. A king has his reign. And then he dies. Please tell me you can read that. Prometheus? Are you seeing this? It's moving. These things moving. What is that? There's a ship. So there you have it. You can the, tell what's going on in there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest trailer of the year so far, definitely. I love, all the, I love all the nods to the original Alien trailer as well. The noise. The, yeah. the noise is amazing. I'm going to turn that into my ringtone. Yes. Don't, don't do that. Imagine when your, ring go, your phone goes off in the middle, in the middle of the night. night. Shit yourself. Yeah, pick it up and it's actually a face hugger. Yeah. Didn't know Sean Harris was in it, who I'm a big fan of. Oh, yeah. You know, from... That film. 
No, um, oh, Harry Brown. You know, yeah, Harry Brown. This, he's this he's the, oh, he's horrible. He's in that awful movie. in that. Isn't he's he? revolting. Well, not bad. I mean, he's just he's hideous. But yeah, awful. And I love that film. I thought Harry Brown's really I, good. Harry Brown's great. Yeah. Should we go back to pre? Yeah, but, uh, no, but uh, Sean Harris is in it. I didn't know he was in it, and that just you, makes it. Um, you texted me over the weekend after you watched, it, and you was like, "It's good faces in this." They've movie. all got amazing faces. Like it's a <laughs> it's a movie of good faces. Um, Guy Pierce, great good face. face yeah. Big yeah. angular Idris face. Elba. Idris Elba, great face. Uh, Charlie Theron, great face. Numi Rapace has got probably got the best face I've ever seen in a movie. Um, wow, that's a quote for the poster right there. The face, faces. this movie. You like faces. You'll love this movie. So does the hugger. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do we want to speculate what's going on in the trailer, There's or should we leave it? I think we've speculated all week. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. Maybe no. Yes, yeah, because I think we might have hit quite close to the truth, but maybe not. I don't know. How do you know what the truth is? I don't know, but I hope it, it's out there somewhere. <laughs> Wrong film. Yeah. But I'm super excited. I've been kind of down on the whole idea for a little while because Ridley, Ridley Scott yeah. has gone down a bit in my estimations recently. But th- like the trailer is great. I've just got this awful feeling that it's going to be really slow and a lot of the you best stuff really is, in, is, well. in the, is in the trailer. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a real slow burn, which yeah, isn't necessarily a bad thing. The original Alien's quite a slow burn. It is quite it? a slow burn. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, it's about also atmosphere, it, seems it's a like, piece, yeah. it seems like there has to be a, a bit of stuff on Earth as well beforehand. The setup. That whole setup. And I'm just it hoping that's not too they yeah. could be like journeying and there's flashbacks to them acquiring the artifacts I guess he doesn't yeah. strike me as being a non-linear kind of director though no. has he ever done that um, Kingdom of Heaven is that not non-linear I, I, I walked out after about half an hour so did you? I was so bored did you not stay for the other three and a half hours then? no I didn't <laughs> no um, I've never seen it I saw that on the same day as Batman Begins I watched Kingdom of Heaven and came out of that and went straight into Batman Begins wow one was much better than the other yes. yeah take a guess um, but yeah, it looks really good. When's it out? June. Uh, June, yeah, June. It? It's like seven weeks or something. That's the thing. Like, it's out here a week before the States. Brilliant. Is it? Yes. Ooh, that's, I think so it's, it's not I very th- long till that and really not very long till Dark Knight. I think Knight you might all. be in E3, like, at E3, Alex. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. At what, this first, first week of I June? think so, yeah. At oh, this man. moment, I'm more excited about Prometheus than I am Dark Knight Rises. So mm, shoot me. Okay. Yeah, but just we, you um, wait. <laughs> wait till that bad boy hits the cinema. He'll do a little white wee. Are we, oh, we going to start the, the grassroots campaign to get an IMAX 2D showing? Yes. Yes. I don't want to see that movie in 3D. Someone I saw um, John Carter in 3D, and the climax of that movie is at night time. And right. with the 3D specs on, I couldn't tell what was going on. It was just yeah incomprehensible. 2D IMAX showing, yes, please. please. BFI, you. if you're listening. Sort that out for us. Uh, somebody went to the BFI recently and the 3D thing broke and they just showed it in 2D. So maybe we and could then, do that sabotage. And yeah. then BFI, you'd be our BFF. Yes. What? Brilliant. Best friend forever, Alex. Right. Come okay. on, get down with the kids. Stop silly tech speak. <laughs> Shall somebody we want to go on? and get Tilly back? No. Should he, we just leave him Tilly! out? Ow. <laughs> he probably won't want to talk about the next part anyway, will he? Why is that? Because it's not about, about movies. <laughs> should we move on to our talking point yes let's move on to the talking point which is should Mass Effect change its ending uh, obviously there has been a lot of uproar from various um, fans of the game saying that Mass Effect 3's ending isn't very good um, there's been a lot of uproar from a small proportion of the people that got of the, the Mass Effect 3 yeah. right and we should just say here, um, none of us have finished Mass Effect 3. No. Um, this is not, it's going to be spoiler free. Because we can't talk end. about the specifics. Don't, don't say that. Oh. We, we don't well, know. We don't know. <laughs> he might, he might not. We literally uh, have I'm no idea. Clue. It's Stu doesn't have a clue. But so 
while we're going to have an opinion about this, obviously if we play the game, that opinion might change, but I kind of doubt it. I think we all have very strong opinions about this. I think, we're, are we all in the same boat? Yeah, I think the principle is the thing that we have an issue with, right? Mm. Of Bioware going in and... Cha- uh, uh, and, and to, 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 to appease this kind of vocal... Yeah, m- yeah. that's the issue, right? Yeah, I think it's... I think the issue is compromising the integrity of your vision. Yes. I think that's what it is. And and sort of bowing to fan pressure. Yes. Because you're always going to get people who don't like something. Yeah. And then where do you, when do you stop, you know, placating those yeah. people? There's got to be a point where you you stop revising things, right? I mean, George Lucas obviously never has stopped revising his work, but you can't you can't create stuff by committee. You can't put it out right. there and, and say like that's like they test things uh, and then they create the, create the vision and, and present it there. If you go to the you can't go to the Louvre and say, well, I don't really like the way Mona Lisa's looking. Can you change it? It's yeah, like, the weird thing though is like people have, the way that the, the weird thing of this is I was on Twitter when because Bioware have come out since and said that as always Bioware are known for listening to the community and they're quite attentive and they're saying that this will factor in they're not saying they're changing the ending but this will factor into the way that they construct future DLC for Mass Effect 3 and some people have taken this as as an admission that they are going to change the ending I think that it might influence them in some way but I don't think we'll know that until that DLC is out and we can see maybe how it's influenced their decisions but people are talking about this on Twitter like this has never ever happened before but there is a precedent for this in literature and in movies. Like Dickens changed the end of Great Expectations for a long time. There was a there was a kind of a happy ending to King Lear. There was an ending to King Lear where King Lear doesn't die. He for, dies in the end. Oh, yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler. Three hundred years later, and Edgar and Cordelia get married. And for like a hundred years, that was the preferred version of King Lear. So this wow. has happened before, yeah. but just maybe not as prominently in video games. Mm. But they're, they're saying they're offering additional closure, right? Yeah. That's what they want to offer, uh, which could be a good thing, I guess. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, also, you don't have to go and download the DLC, from, right? From what I understand, the actual ending of the game, the ending of the game is almost irregardless of what your character does during the game. So the ending of the game just happens. See, and, it, and and so well, I think what people are up in arms about is that they can't actually influence the ending of the game. I think is this right? is the only way that I can sympathise with this argument is yeah. because it's kind of contrary to the ethos of Mass Effect, all three Mass Effects, where it's about you shaping your own narrative and making your own decisions. and uh, But you get to the end and everyone has the same ending. Mm. But I haven't played the end to the end of the game. We so, I can't, so it's very difficult to so comment you can't, on that. Yeah. I can't say if that is the case. Right. Yeah. But hopefully this time next week I will have finished it and I'll be able to You're about twenty hours through twenty five hours in, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna set a precedent though, is it? I mean, you know. I, hope, I don't think companies will have the time or resources to no. do this for the vast majority of games. But I think that's just because that's the way Bioware set up their DLC is yeah. they they have always done this. They've always listened to their community. Yeah. Could it be not necessarily setting a dangerous precedent or maybe just a sign of things to come? I mean, the more uh, uh, businesses try to interact with and, and, and deal with their customers on a more personal basis and offer a service mm. like EA do, yeah. then maybe it's going to become part of the part of the whole rigmarole. Like, it, set your own ending for the game. Yeah, yeah, but my personal opinion is that I would rather someone who is experienced in creating a narrative and a story goes and sort of does that for me rather than someone 
with less experience going, oh, I want this to happen because it'll be wicked. Yeah. And it's like, what? That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, yeah we'll see. Mm. Uh, anyway, readers, let us know what you think. IGN UK feedback, IGN.com. Uh, let's go over to the charts. Um, in, the, in the game's charts this week, straight in at number one, FIFA Street. Street. Yeah. It's because, um, you know. It's it was going to do well, right? Yeah. It's done pretty well. I, I think a lot of people are really, really enjoying it. I haven't seen much I mean, buzz about it. People haven't considered it's in a little cash or anything like that. But, people... but I think a lot of the kind of football stars have done like various bits of PR. Like I've seen uh, videos on the BBC of Messi talking about yeah, it. Yeah, James and Milner and Joe Hart, a lot of City players. Have Jack Wilshere has yeah. been like playing stuff in the tournament. I saw him tweeting about it. He's not um, fit. What's he doing? He's got nothing else to do. <laughs> um, but EA, interestingly, has four of the top five games in the charts. Go on. They are Fifth Street number one, Mass Effect number two, SSX number three, and then FIFA 12 number four. They're the new Activision, aren't they? They're happy. Um, <laughs> thing so is, uh, EA one of the few publishers where their games do well all year round. Yeah. So they're not kind of I dependent on the lives of FIFA 12 they've sold. <laughs> N- nice little learner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in terms of games coming out this week, you have the mech game Armored Core 5, which Keza is reviewing right now, but considering most of that game is online, she's waiting for the servers to go up and running. Uh, Kid Icarus, finally coming out on DS, so I won't be playing that because I'm left-handed and it's unplayable for lefties. Um, or you can use the Circle Pad Pro. Apparently it's not very good with the Circle Pad oh. Pro. And also I don't know where the Office one's gone. Someone's half inched it. Oh, I've got that. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> there you go. I'll bring that <laughs> so back in there. Is. Daniel's uh, sleeping on it at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's his new bed. It's, I'm not a gnome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy sleeping in my drawer. <laughs> I've made that very comfortable. You're that baby out of your British body, Empire, aren't you? Your body fits on it, but your head doesn't. <laughs> yes. Uh, Resident Evil Raccoon City, which has been universally kicked, it's and pan, uh, Ninja Gaiden, which I think we gave a three on the three. Side. Ow! I, uh, what did we? What did Mitch say about the graphics? It was like something like it was unrestricted sewage. <laughs> <laughs> There's another game out as well. The best game of not only the week but the year potentially. Angry Birds Space, and it's actually really good. <laughs> and you hate? Angry I, Birds. I, I hate Angry Birds yeah. as well. But do you think that's novelty? Do you think I'll wear off pretty quickly? I don't yeah, know. I don't think you hated Angry Birds the first week you played it. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't play the original Angry, Angry Birds. <laughs> I played Rio. Oh. oh. Well, there you go. But I found that with Angry Birds, often the problem was it was the, pretty much the same thing over and over yeah, and over yeah. again. Can't... But with Angry Birds Space, there is so much new variety in yeah. that. And it's, the gravity it's doing... is awesome. Yeah. And then when you've got two gravity pulls that affect the kind of trajectory of your little bird, it's sweet. <laughs> it's cool. And there's loads of cool little nods to loads of different Science. games. But the, the atmosphere in it is really, really good as well because it's very still and quiet because you're in space <laughs> and uh, until it all kicks off and you launch your bird. It's it's really cool. It is really Can good. we start an IGN also, process to change the ending of my Angry Birds Space? <laughs> like what are the I don't know what they're called the sort of triangular shaped dudes? Yeah, that, that you can now fire in specific directions. Oh really? Yeah, I haven't got that far. Really? Yeah, it's, it's not very far into the game. <laughs> no, but like because in the old game, in the old game when you fire them up into the air and you tap the screen, they went in a specific yeah. angle. Yeah. Here, you can double back on yourself, or it's they go in the direction where you press the screen. That's cool. I haven't got to those yet. Amazing scene. Yeah, good. I'm well looking forward to that. So, best sixty-nine pence you will ever spend. Maybe. Uh, Someone's changed his tune. <laughs> unless, of Turn course, cook. you've got a Windows phone. It's not coming to Windows phone. Unlucky. 
<laughs> unlucky because do you see what the guy from Rovio said right. he says I'm not bringing to Windows phones we might do but we need to consider about bringing our games to smaller platforms oh cuss Tilly yeah I forgot to do the charts I just found them on my phone and I'm not happy with what I've seen why so the because he loaded up the wrong website there were a bunch uh. of new entries this week <laughs> and um, number one was Devil Inside and number two 21 Jump Street isn't 21 Jump Street supposed to be great? And isn't it's Devil Inside supposed to be shit? Indeed. Oh. Ah. Now, it's hard for me to judge because I haven't seen Devil Inside, but we gave it one star. It's got a 7% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I've spoken to so many good friends of mine who are horror fans who've just said, do not see it. It's, so, it's so bad. The last half hour will annoy you so much, which kind of makes me want to see it. Uh-huh. But, and I'm wondering if a lot of people are like that, having read reviews and thought, oh, it can't be that bad. It's just got a great trailer. Great trailer. The posters are pretty good as well. Yeah. They're quite um, memorable. Yeah. So, yeah, Twin on Jump Street is number two. So, everyone should go and see that next week and push that to number one. Um, and we bought a zoo and contraband did average business. Nothing particularly exciting. But um, Woman in Black's gone over the 20 million mark. It's making That's done a, really well, isn't it? making a fortune, yeah. And John Carter is fizzling out. Whoopsie. So, so Radcliffe can... Radcliffe what? can open a movie. Can. And uh, uh, Alex should be happy that a film called How to Reestablish a Vodka Empire made £844 over the weekend. Oh, That's quite a lot for a, uh, a low... How many screens movie. was it on? Three. Thousand. Amazing. You'll laugh at it. <laughs> and out this week, we have um, Hunger Games, Acts of Valor, and Wild Bill. Uh, Tom, I believe you've seen Hunger Games. I have seen Hunger Games. And? And it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not going to rave too much about it because it's got its faults, but uh, it's quite good. Um, yeah, she's really good in it, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, she's she's just like the best thing in it, apart from uh, Lenny Kravitz, who's also really good in it. He's got gold eyeliner, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, why are you gonna get some? Yeah, <laughs> Stu, you come into the office on Monday with gold eyeliner. But, uh, the thing is, I just smear it around my, my glasses. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that look great. If you've read the books, you'll definitely enjoy the, the film because it pretty much transports the, what you know from the book onto the big screen and makes it a lot more real and believable. Um, but it but totally less, eviscerates less all the violence right. so mm. the violence happens but it all happens off screen so if you're expecting uh, gruesome deaths uh, you won't get any of if, that if you want that go see Battle Royale yeah, yeah. which is on TV the other week oh yeah I recorded that I haven't seen it yeah. oh, movie. it's so oh, good it's a good movie, movie. brutal <laughs> excuse oh. me oh, you upset <laughs> Poor just, go, just going back to a woman in black I was reading the Metro today that, uh, some article about it and they've started to do that that, that shortening of Daniel Radcliffe's name oh, no. to Dan Rad oh, Dan Rad wow that sounds like something you put in your central heating system to get rid of sludge yeah Dan Rad for fuck Is it, does it really take that long to say Daniel Radcliffe instead I like Dan I Rad I nodded off while you were saying that oh, sorry mate <laughs> Whereas if you just said Dan Rad, yeah, he would. Oh, he's nodded off again. Dan Rad, Dan Rad. Can um, you call you Streed? Streed. Streed. Futler. Streed. I like that. Yeah. Mm. Is that all right for you? Yeah. What about you, Killy? Killy. Killy. I'll be Elsie. Yeah. <laughs> and Hooper. The cr- crew. The crew. Yeah, I like that. D crew. D crew. D crew's pretty good cool, actually. Go. Yeah. That should be my Max Payne headline. Yeah. <laughs> so Street. <laughs> But um, yeah, Act of Valor is a war film that's supposed to be pretty good. But I do you know what? I'd really like to see some oh. pre-roll on that. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh. I uh, I've heard mixed reports. I've heard some people saying it's really good. Some people saying it's propaganda. Yeah, really. it's just yeah. pure propaganda. Um, and Wild Bill um is really really good, and I mm. recommend everyone go. And Jonathan see it. Ross likes it. Dexter Fletcher directed mate, it. Mate of yours. Presenter of uh, Games Master. 
Um, it's got some really good uh, upcoming British actors in it. And Graphics are amazing. <laughs> to boot. It's uh, yeah, it's a really good. Uh, <laughs> you gonna say what that's all about? No. <laughs> uh, it's a really good gangster film that I reckon to everyone, and also a film I saw last week on DVD that was, that just came out is called A Horrible Way to Die. And for any horror fans out there, go and see it. Yeah. That sounds nice. What's it that. about? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to listen to listener F you. Let's get over yeah. to that little F- corner. Ooh. Last week, uh, me and Daniel were talking about the woes of shopping at Argos as children. It's probably why it was the worst podcast ever. <laughs> probably why it was the worst podcast ever. Why? Well, well, Tom, why is children Tom versus now? Is it any better now than it, it was? was it's it, in, in, it, like specifically about buying action figures as a young boy, right? Because you could it would say one figure, but you don't get to choose, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So if you wanted an action force figure, you'd go and you'd say, "I want an action force figure," and they'd dip. give you whichever one you wanted. Yeah, but you, but you can ask. So I, yeah, I but bought, the thing is, Tom and I didn't know this, right, okay. and we were. I don't know. Uh, Stephen Jones has written in. He says, as an ex-Argos employer, I was saddened to hear of your experiences <laughs> with the random toy selection when ordering from grouped toys under single codes. Staff were ordered under pain of death to look all options available up from the pit so our customers could choose which one they wanted. On occasion that an option was not available, we cheered up the type by allowing them to flog or Rochambeau one of their hunchbacked warehouse trolls. I don't know what that means. <laughs> don't know what that means. But thanks for emailing. I think, I think they've got hunchback trolls working in their warehouse. And Arjun, Arjun wrote in and said, when I was a kid, I got an action figure I wanted from Argos by asking the person at the collections counter we should have just every time. I, we should have just I, asked. Well, that's that's well, exactly uh, it. I bought, um, you know, Mighty Mugs. I was buying Star Wars ones and I needed a Han Solo. And so I got them to bring all of them up and there was like oh. five of them. <laughs> And there was one. Oh, which one do you want? Actually, I'll leave it. Thanks. <laughs> well, thankfully, then. After um, day after she listened to the podcast, Bex came up to her. Bex used to work at Argos. She just went, "You could pick," and then walked <laughs> off. <laughs> so basically, that's just highlighted what a bunch of imbeciles you two are. Too I think we just preferred uh, specialist retailers when we were that age. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I went. Argos was like a last ditch attempt. Can yeah. we stop talking about Argos? Yeah. Um, I have an email from <laughs> Matthew Evans. <laughs> And he says, has the IGN UK fallen for the amazing craze which is Draw Something? It has swept upon myself and everyone I know like a swarm of locusts and we all love it. It's boring. I love it. It's dumb. Yeah. I played it for a day and it was the best yeah. thing ever. Yeah. And then the same clues kept coming up and you because don't you didn't win buy it though. And... No, I didn't buy it either. No. It's too That's expensive. Why? What was it? 20p? It's £1.29. Exactly. It's Angry Bird Space is 69 Do you know how many drawings are doodled a week on Draw Something? One billion. 3,000 per second. I wonder Zinger bought them for 200 million. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, it's but just, I, there's I just no competitive element. No, that's yeah. what I don't like about it. Like, you know, it should be... And the thing is, I've, I've started so many Draw Something games with so many different people on Facebook, so I, I can't be bothered. You, you can't, I've got to do 10 drawings. You can't just guess a drawing. You have to guess a drawing, then do a drawing, then send the drawing, and it's just like... I've got so many but games I'm, on. I can't believe I'm actually going to do this. I'm going to use a Daniel Kilby phrase. Too much admin. Too much admin. <laughs> Too much admin. But the, I do like the fact that you had a game going with Ollie Moss. Yeah, that's but that's one thing cool is annoying thing. that you can't go back and look no. at your old you pictures. Just screenshot that's them. That's stupid. But yeah. then you forget and yeah. you lose them. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been playing it, Matthew, and it's annoying 50% and 50% and, well, off we've moved on it. now. But yeah. I like the idea, though. Yeah. Well, I've just done, ideas, I'm really so. excited to play. Play with me, so Chris. It'll be good fun. I'd like to. Yeah. I'm playing with Shivali and Bex, yep. both in our office, and neither of them have gone gone back to me. That's because you keep drawing crudely drawn cocks. To be fair, the word was crude, crude cock. Well, and I also <laughs> think um, you have to only go for the three coin options. Yeah, just always three coins. Yeah. 
I drew Cuba for Tom. Got That's it. Very good, yeah. That was good. How did you draw Cuba? I drew Fidel Castro. Yeah. And I um, drew an island and I drew a big cigar. Nice. Wow. But it did look like Fidel Castro was filleting a man. But Tom got it anyway. Cuba. Yeah. There you That's go. Good. Um, next bit of feedback. Michael Sheen's written into us. I don't know if it's that Michael Sheen. All right. It might be a different one. AI isn't a shit film, he AI. says. AI. AI. <laughs> it's not a shit film. AI. <laughs> it made me cry. Anyway, has, it, has a game ever made you cry? AI made me cry when it got to the fourth fucking end. Yeah. <laughs> Just end the film, Spielberg. End the fucking film now. I'm Stop crying. It. Has a game ever made you cry? No. No? Journey. Ooh, not gonna I'm cry a little bit emotional. Though. A game made me cheer last night and literally went, way like that. And that was Mass Effect. So, exciting. We've talked about this quite a bit. Though, yeah, I think games we haven't quite made the emotional impact that, no. that movies have. No. But that's kind of a segue into this next Ooh. bit of feedback Ooh. from Greg Eidman. And he says, essentially, I spent £110 to play a single game. What the? I picked up a pre-owned 80 gig PS3 from GameStation for £100. And the minute I got home, after the updates, of course, I purchased Journey. So the, the six hours after Yeah, so home. six hours later, I played Journey for two hours. Now, uh, it's one of the most amazing games I have ever played. It certainly is. It is. It really is. And um, it's payday today at IGN mm. headquarters. And I said to Kilby, are you going to buy journey because he's a big ps3 mm-hmm. fanboy and he's went nah 10 pounds too much it's just about floating isn't it <laughs> cheap philistine but he also said yesterday uh what was it if you release your inhibitions then justin bieber is actually a really good artist yes yeah, so don't it's trust like, him what at all he was playing justin bieber in the office at lunchtime today uh, a lot oh, he played a lot uncomfortable he should have been playing journey full yeah he's a fool um so um what greg wants to know is because he's just picked up a playstation and loved journey um, can we recommend any more PS3 exclusives? Uncharted 2. Just the Uncharted games, I think, are, are, are an obvious one. Also, if he if he likes Journey, then he should definitely try Flower. Yes. From the, that game company, yep. the same ma- the yep. people behind Journey. Yeah. Um, Another good downloadable one is um, Stardust, uh, which is a good sort of downloadable PS3 title. Um, is Fat Princess multiple? Yeah. Like, that's multiple uh, no, that's... That's, um, that's just PS3. That's PS3, PSN. yeah. Yep. Um, Infamous 2... The infamous games are yep. yeah, I, I, they're pretty solid. Um, I Motor Storm um, and Resistance. Motor Storm RC. I on... like Resistance Three. I it's, hate it's, Resistance. it's no frills, but if you found if you like shooters, though, I'd, I'd go for Killzone. If Killzone you go for as shooters, well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Motor Storm RC on PSN is good. There you go. Um, email from Reese Fairhead, who says, uh, currently studying computer games and visual effects at Anglia Ruskin University. And our tutor often arranges talks with various industry veterans, which are sometimes quite it's inspiring. But more often than not, they tend towards soul-destroying. Oh, that's not very nice, is it? <laughs> <laughs> A common theme within their talks is how the industry has changed. So he wonders, as video game journalists, how we feel the industry has changed and where you see it in 10 years' time. How's it changed, Alex? Uh, well, it's a lot more, a corporate is probably, well, the, you know, there's the rise of what we call the mega franchises, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, you know, there never used to be uh, a handful of games that dominated everything else. You know, everything, you know, did pretty well. Um, and there wasn't like one game that ruled them all. So when you were like, like Call of Duty. So back in the day when you were working on mags, dude, like things appeared that, I suppose things appeared before 
that we now regard as mega franchises, things like Tomb Raider. Yeah, well, like, but the Tomb Raider was and it amazing. Just came along and you, it was just not on your radar. Like the oh god, who was it publishing it? Was it Idos? Idos, yeah, 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 it was Idos. Yeah, they were like properly kind of panicking about you know whether this game would be well received, etc. Um, and spent loads of money on PR and marketing, all that kind of stuff. Didn't you go to some crazy press event for it? I did, yeah. Five days in Egypt for a 20-minute presentation, which <laughs> I almost didn't... That's almost, changed. Almost that doesn't bother turning up to. Because <laughs> I was still in the pool two minutes in earlier. In trunks, having a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we they got their own back because all the ice was made from uh, um, just normal tap water, so everyone had the shits for about four days afterwards. Ooh. So. Ooh. But yeah, so yeah, you don't kind kind of get that anymore. Better ice these yes, days. Better ice, ice and um, bigger games. But uh, you know, you still do get surprise games and stuff like that. Like obviously, Dark, sorry, Demon Souls came out of nowhere, um, and then has led on to Dark Souls, which is bigger and better. But yeah, I just you know, I think it's a shame that even games that score well or cr- are critically well received often just don't sell anymore. Like Rayman is a good example of that. Yeah. Um, even charted it really and it's just you know and then part of that is because you know the supermarkets etc only stock the big games uh, and part of it is because you know people are less willing to take risks uh, while you're on the um, topic of Rayman at mm. the BAFTAs on Friday <laughs> the person handing out the award for artistic achievement said Rayman Oranges I believe it was <laughs> Ashley Walters of the South Holly crew really? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really big fan of the podcast big fan of the po- in joke <laughs> but it's hard to say you, you don't think it is hard to say, Chris? Because we've been saying Rayman Oranges on the podcast for the last like three or four weeks. It sounds like you're saying Rain Man for a start, not Rayman. <laughs> that's my that's the game I want Ray- to be made. Rayman Ray- Origins. Rayman. Rayman Origins. <laughs> Gotta drink juice. It Gotta drink seem juice. Like a problem. Rain Man Oranges sounds quite nice. Rain Man. <laughs> so sounds like, like a nice, delicious, fresh fruit. Rain Man's or Rain Rayman's got Oranges. Feedback. I don't know. Have we? No, I think that's it. Oh, okay. stuff. Got anything to plug? No, I think that's it. <laughs> well, oh, we're giving away PlayStation Vitas on IGN Facebook next week, so come and oh, join us. Cool. Yeah. What do people have to do to get them? Uh, they have to answer a question about Ninja Gaiden. Um, so, yeah, thanks to Tecmo Koe. Right, uh, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Tom has been playing Draw Something throughout pretty much yeah. the whole last half of this podcast. In, in, yeah, in Tom. Well, no. Concentrate. Got anything to plug, Tom? What no. are you drawing, Tom? My I'm drawing an drawings. island... Um, I just felt Michael bad Bay that movie. I, there were so many uh, people who were waiting for me to reply. But now's not the time I'll play. Yeah, exactly. Really? Oh, I don't care. This is work. Yeah. Brilliant. Tom, back in the room. Anyway, well, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm done. Thanks, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Oh, by the way, Tom, we did get one piece of negative feedback on iTunes saying that some girl didn't receive her riff code. Mm. Yeah, Tom. Gar- well, some guy, wasn't it? Well, right. There's loads of them. Huh. Yep. Well, uh, we had to pull the riff, riff competition because we had a lot of problems with our email system. So uh, the person who's complained, they have actually got their code now. So okay, it's all sorted. I don't know if they can take the negative. I was going to say, can off. you leave us a six-star rating on iTunes? Just, yeah, just to balance thanks very it. much. Yeah, thanks. And, and you uh, need to cut your grass, Tom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let us know what you think of anything ever. IGN UK oh. feedback at IGN.com. Hit us up on Twitter and Facebook, IGN UK. See you next week then. See you later. Bye. Bye.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.